I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I hope that you're having a lovely day so far, and thank you for joining me. Something that in the last few weeks has come up surprisingly to me a lot, especially with the launch of Design Your Character and people going through that and using it and hearing your feedback and hearing how it's going for you, is people wanting support in identifying their desired reality and what it is that they actually want. Now, if you believe on some level that you have the ability to influence and play around with your reality... And if you're listening to this podcast, I think it's fair to assume that you do. Then what you may have picked up on is without really having any idea what it is that you desire, you may find yourself going through the motions, feeling stuck, disconnected, uninspired, or living out a set of values that you inherited from someone else. So for example, in early life, maybe that was your caretakers, your peers, your teachers, society at large. So many of the people that I find I come into contact with and within this podcast community are in this place where they feel really uninspired and disconnected from the reality they find themselves in. So the idea of creating your own reality might feel very distant and difficult and out of reach because it's just a completely new way of thinking about things. And to be able to even reflect upon what it is that you desire may feel selfish or may feel like you don't have the time to do so. And ultimately, we're just not really set up to think in this way from my perspective. And so the whole point of this episode and of my practices and what I share at large is to begin to build the blocks to think in this way, to see yourself as someone who is worthy of having desire, who is worthy of creating a reality that you enjoy, that brings you pleasure, that it's exciting, and to basically just feel curiosity and a sense of experimentation with this reality that you find yourself in. We'll get into this a little bit more in the episode, but I think many of us are quite comfortable with picking out what it is about our experience that we don't like and identifying the things that are uncomfortable and perpetuating patterns that we want to move away from. And the whole you know, purpose is to shift into being able to take that data that we already have about ourselves and what it is that we're not feeling excited about and not enjoying and is causing us tension. And 
allowing that to tell us a little bit about what we do value, what is important to us. And so we will get into that a little bit more, but essentially the purpose here is to be able to get back into the driver's seat of your life and connect with the idea that you could have a level of influence or control in the way that your reality is shaping out and to be able to connect with that idea. If you do find yourself in this place, you're resonating with what I've shared so far that you feel a little bit lost or stuck or uninspired, you don't really know where to start, just know that you're exactly where you need to be. You don't need to force this image of yourself as having a perfectly clear idea of what it is that you want when that's not what you're experiencing right now. And I think that ruminating on, for example, how long you've spent in the backseat in, or, in other words, how long you've spent kind of living a life that doesn't feel aligned to you and your authentic self, I don't think that ruminating on that and feeling badly about that is going to help you to move forward. But on the other hand, taking ownership for your thoughts, behaviors, patterns, and healing through any of the reasons why you would be closed off to creating your desired reality and to receiving what it is that you desire that's going to help you to move forward. And by the way, this doesn't mean you have to start shifting everything all at once overnight. I believe that making tiny, tiny micro shifts and then being able to witness how that affects your physical reality, that can start to help us gain momentum and confidence and see ourselves as being capable of being in the driver's seat. And in a later episode, we're going to talk about why we come to this place where we feel so disconnected from our lives and why we feel that any sense of inner knowing and authenticity and intuition is not really in control of our lives but rather our fear-based survival personality is the one that's kind of running the show why that happens and then how we can move away from that and how we can get back into a place of being able to influence our reality from that place of authenticity and connection and inner knowing. It can be overwhelming and daunting to consider that we can get back into this place of having that influence and that control because it's almost easier sometimes to outsource our authority and autonomy to something or someone outside of ourselves. It can feel unsafe to stray from the status quo even when we don't like it. And we often confuse familiarity with safety and with what's best for us, even though we may feel stuck out of alignment and frustrated. I believe that once we come into this knowing and awareness that we have more influence than we may have previously thought, that's when we can start to explore the depth of our power as creative beings and play around with it. I used to hear this all the time in the spirituality space, people talking about reclaiming your power or stepping into your power, and I quite honestly never understood what that meant until I started to play around with consciously designing my reality and realized all of the small ways that I drain my energy, dilute my power, cut myself off from actually being able to step into my desired reality. Things like crippling self-doubt, comparison, low self-worth, perfectionism, self-sabotage. I began to question rather than wholeheartedly believe the thoughts 
beliefs and narratives I had about myself in the world. So for me, I believe that our creativity and willingness to be shown a different experience from what we've seen so far, that is our power source. To actually allow ourselves in the first place to even experience desire rather than energetically shutting down anytime we're presented with the opportunity to think in a new way, see things in a new way, ask for something different. It's okay to want to shift the status quo in your life. That's how we grow and evolve and become more inclusive and release harmful ways of being. It's about finding a balance between being open to experiencing more and different and being open to playing with your reality while also releasing the idea and the attachment to external factors that we believe are finally going to make us happy. I like to think of this process more so as a way of reconnecting with our curious experimental playful nature that we often let go of at some point when we decided that we knew everything there is to know about ourselves our future and the world at large because again we find comfort and we find safety in certainty so having safety or excuse me having certainty about our future can be comfortable and can make us feel safe because it's predictable to some extent But there comes a point for some of us, and like I mentioned, based on the conversations I have, I think this is a lot of folks that come into my space and this space we've created together, is that projecting the status quo and the idea that we have about our lives, especially when it's limiting, projecting that into the future feels bleak and quite honestly boring and claustrophobic. It's kind of like being at a buffet and choosing the same food over and over and over again. When you decide to experiment and try other foods, it's not with the expectation that you're going to like every single one of them and everything is going to be perfect, but it's satisfying to the part of you that is hungry for something different, something new. So that's how I like to look at this process. It's not about trying to find the path that will live happily ever after on and never encounter any discomfort or frustration. It's about giving ourselves the choice and the option, experimenting, being curious about new ways of thinking and being, simply for having the sake of having a full, rich, expansive life experience because we're feeling called to. We're feeling called to try different foods at the buffet. And that's likely why you're here listening to this episode. So let's start out with the most important thing which we don't often consider and I don't hear being talked about a lot. And that's actually validating that you have desire, specifically that you desire something different from what you're experiencing right now. It's really hard to start to align your thoughts, beliefs, and actions to your desired reality when you've denied yourself of the desire in the first place or when you have a lot of negative beliefs surrounding what it is that you desire, for instance, money. For those of us who grew up religious, and likely for those who didn't as well, we've been taught to reject the idea of desire. Words that come to mind for me when I think about desire are selfish, greedy, sinful, temptation, immoral. In some faiths, it's considered virtuous and a path to enlightenment, to deny yourself of desire and sensory pleasures as they're seen as the root of all suffering. When I first started exploring spirituality, that was the belief that I aligned myself to. I 
rejected the idea of having desire and my ultimate goal was to become detached from material goods and essentially what was going on in my physical reality. Now, I'm not rejecting the idea that that works for some people, but for me, it just caused more distress and less excitement and vibrancy for me. I believe that I came into this physical space to enjoy it, to feel it, to experience it, to play around with it, to explore it, not to detach myself from it. And by the way, when I say all of these things to enjoy it, to feel it, to experiencing it, I'm talking about the whole spectrum of emotions, not just the positive ones. And I'm not advocating for becoming addicted to consumption or building wealth or amassing material goods. Desire is quite often linked to these things, but that doesn't really paint the whole picture. Desire literally just means to strongly wish for or want. At least that's what I found when I Google searched it. You can desire a healthy relationship, friendship, belonging, better mental health, a sense of self-acceptance. You can desire to creatively express yourself, to take up a new hobby, to become more connected with nature. Things that can make your time here in your physical body and in your physical reality more pleasant that don't always necessarily require you to consume anything. And because we desire things because of how we think they will make us feel, we can use our desires as information for the physical sensations we're wanting more of. And then we can almost reverse engineer this whole process. So identifying what it feels like physically to have what it is that you desire can help you to seek out the internal thoughts, beliefs, habits, and also the experiences that give you that same sensation without necessarily needing the physical manifestation of whatever it is that you desire. If you want to learn a little bit more about that whole process, I have a whole episode on that and I'll leave it in the show notes. But for now, I just want to invite you to give yourself permission to desire if you haven't already to bring awareness to the mental thought patterns and beliefs that hinder your ability to see yourself as someone worthy of having desires and experiencing pleasure. So for example, what I had mentioned, a lot of those beliefs being rooted in the religion that I was raised in. And to start living from a place of experimentation rather than always living from a place of obligation. And learning that you don't have to abandon yourself or negotiate away some huge part of yourself to get what it is that you desire. The more we attach ourselves to narratives that as we are, we are not worthy of a life that we desire, I think the more susceptible also we are to being taken advantage of or manipulated. And the more empty we feel when we get what it is that we actually want. So... I think it can be helpful here to pay attention to the narratives you have about what is required of you to get what you desire. So for me, I experienced a lot of social exclusion in my early life, and the way that I adapted to this was to abandon parts of myself, things like my sense of humor, my my creativity and creative hobbies, playfulness. This got me the outcome I wanted in most cases, which was to be included or to be more included 
than before. So I learned and I thought that that was what I had to do in order to be accepted and loved. And we can learn these little lessons that require us to adapt in all sorts of little ways to the point where we feel, as I mentioned before, so disconnected from ourselves and it can become exhausting to uphold the reality we've created because it requires giving away so much of ourselves. So to provide different examples, perhaps my desire is to have a healthy reciprocal relationship, but I've learned that you have to be as physically attractive as possible at all times to be worthy of that and to be worthy of receiving love. Or perhaps I desire being financially stable, but I've learned that I have to put in grueling hours, give up my social life, and be at a job I hate to get to that point. And when it comes to the manipulation piece, if I subscribe to the narrative that, for example, it's normal and to be expected to hate and be miserable at my job, do you think that I'm going to be pushing to advocate for myself and ask for better pay, better work-life balance, better conditions? It's often seen as virtuous to accept the status quo and not ask anything more of our lives, even if it means our own suffering. And on the flip side, when we do begin to question things and advocate for ourselves, a lot of the time there are a lot of narratives associated with that and what it means to be someone that challenges the status quo. And, you know, words like ungrateful and difficult and challenging. Validating your desires and owning your power is ultimately about expanding your idea of what's possible for you and being able to see beyond the narratives that were passed down to you. I'm not here to inherit a set of rules and narratives that were created by former generations, especially when they're so clearly making so many people miserable. I came here to experience a sense of wonder with what could be, to find new ways of thinking and being, to experiment, to advocate for my own well-being, and really to invite you to do the same. And I'll be honest with you that, and saying that this isn't easy, for example, in the case of work, it doesn't make me very employable which is exactly why I'm self-employed. And sometimes relationships and conversations are difficult because I find that I always want to question things and challenge myself and challenge others. So I'm not saying it's easy to think and live in this way. For me, I feel frustrated a lot of the time with the way things are, and that can be exhausting, but it's the only way that I know how to be. And the best that I can do is allow my frustration to activate me and invite you to do the same. So I realize that we're now about 17 minutes into the episode and I haven't actually gotten into how to identify what it is that you desire, but I felt that preface was important because I would argue that deep down, we actually do know what we desire. We've just been made to feel selfish or ashamed of it, so we repress that. And I do also want to just mention that it should go without saying that we're talking about desires that are not harmful to anyone else. So I digress. What you'll often hear from people who have achieved a certain level of success or wealth, or at least what I have really noticed a lot, is that it can feel very empty to arrive there. We expect that we're going to reach some final destination that lies in a future achievement, and then we'll finally allow ourselves to be happy. 
And this is what's called the arrival fallacy. It's an error of thinking. And I think that there are two main reasons why this happens. I myself have found at various points arriving at something I've worked towards and anticipating this feeling of satisfaction and instead just feeling completely numb and empty. So the two ways that I think are a huge source of this feeling, the two ways that we set ourselves up to feel this way, is the first being when we outsource our happiness and contentment and ultimately give a high degree of importance to the physical manifestation of something that we desire, basically something outside of ourselves. And then the second is when the pursuit of the desire is because of how it will make someone else feel or is because of what we've been told is important and what we've been told we should desire. We've already kind of talked about one where the energy behind our pursuit of something is that we expect it will finally make us feel happy or content versus being an opportunity to amplify, amplify excuse me, and reflect back what's already going on internally. So being in a place of already feeling free from within and experiencing that physical sensation, feeling safe from within, feeling complete from within, and not necessarily seeking external things to fill a void. Allowing our momentum towards what we desire to be about exploration, experimentation, curiosity, discovery, which is very different from seeking things out because we think that other people will respect us or appreciate us or accept us if we do or feeling like it will provide us with that final sense of happiness that we are seeking. So really what we're looking for is starting from a place of already feeling complete within and seeking out experiences to deepen or amplify the sense of joy and pleasure and safety that we already feel within. The visual that comes to mind here is that you are already playing a certain type of music and you're just plugging yourself into a loudspeaker. But on the other hand, the starting point for seeking out experiences to complete us is feeling incomplete without them. So without that external feedback that we receive, we feel empty and it always keeps us grasping and desperate to receive that next sense of validation because we don't or we haven't cultivated that ability within ourselves. So going back to the music example, without this loudspeaker, without this external plug-in, there's no music and we aren't able to experience that music. The other source of emptiness I had mentioned is when the pursuit of something is because it's aligned to the belief systems or values of someone else. And this is something that is difficult to navigate because it's so deeply embedded into our society, into our cultures. You know, things like I have to go to university, get a stable job, get married, get a house, get a car, have a family. I do think that these things are finally starting to open up, but it can feel very alienating to be on the side of... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. That's different from the societal or cultural norm and what's expected of us. There's this idea that only certain life paths are valid, are right, are realistic. And quite often, they're the ones that were passed down and inherited. I was at this barbecue the other day and I was talking to this girl who said that when she first met her partner, she was kind of closed off to the idea of being with him because she was raised in a family where the only valid career paths were doctor, lawyer, or maybe like a business person. I don't remember the third one. And her partner, who she is with now, was a creative and an artist. And she was really closed off to the idea of being with him at first because of that inherited value system that she had, that had been passed down to her. So you can see how this person who now has this beautiful, healthy relationship could have denied herself of that opportunity because a value system that was passed down to her that she, when she actually reflected upon it, didn't even really align to or subscribe to. So those are the instances where when we don't kind of question and bring these programs and narratives that are passed down to us through this filtration system, that's when we can find ourselves feeling like we're not in control and feeling that misalignment with our life because we haven't actually taken the opportunity to reflect on the fact upon the question essentially of whether these beliefs and narratives resonate with us and whether they're applicable to the life that we desire. What's important to also take into consideration is not to throw every single piece of advice and wisdom from previous generations or from other people out the window, but it's to recognize, especially when it comes to intergenerational changes, that we live in a completely different world now from generations before, even just with the internet and the opportunities that's created. And even within our own lifetimes, we're living in a completely different context. And with that means different ways of being, different ways of seeing things, different opportunities. I mean, the whole world of the internet has created hundreds of thousands of new jobs and opportunities that literally did not exist in the past. Don't get me wrong, I understand 
from personal experience that it is scary and at times difficult and at times causes tension and conflict to allow your desired way of living to evolve away from the lifestyle of your caretakers, of your grandparents, of generations before, of what you're seeing in your community. And that's why I think it's so important to get in touch with your own core values, to really ask yourself why you desire something, why you're doing something, to go as deep as you possibly can with your self-inquiry and move forward with the desires that feel most important to who you really are. Starting from this level and what's underneath our desires, I think helps us to lay a more healthy foundation. So one example for me that's been coming up recently has been, for most of my life, it's been my desire to be as skinny as possible. And that has resulted in eating disorders, in not nourishing myself properly, and being extremely unhealthy mentally and physically. And so finally getting to the place where I'm asking myself, do I actually care about being skinny? And if so, why? And consciously shifting away from the desire to be skinny that created this unhealthy and disordered relationship with my body and shifting into the desire to be healthy and nourished and vibrant because it's not serving me if I'm skinny, if I'm if I feel completely unhealthy and miserable and I don't have any energy because I'm not eating enough. And then moving away from that desire completely changes the way and changes my relationship with my body and how I go about exercising. I'm not looking to be as thin as possible. I'm not looking to punish my body. I'm not looking to take up as little space as I possibly can. I'm just looking to feel good and to feel healthy. So what do I need to do in order to achieve that? Well, First of all, let's start by dropping all of these highly punitive, highly unhealthy habits that you have with your body. Another example of this is the desire to have a large social media following. I realized that to some extent I associated visibility and following and approval and likes and validation with success. And what I began to realize as I had this experience within myself, in the same way that at my thinnest points in my life, I was able to personally experience that that wasn't the answer and that I still felt really unhappy and unhealthy, starting to build a social media following made me realize that actually that in and of itself is not the end goal for me. It's not the final destination. What is it about this that actually matters to me? It matters to me to authentically express myself and to create in a way that feels good to me and to connect with other people in that process. So again, the energy I bring to that sector of my life shifts. It shifts away from being extremely anxious with everything I post that it's not going to get enough likes and feeling embarrassed when it doesn't and only feeling like I can create within a certain niche and feeling like I have to get everything perfect to one where I freely allow myself to express. I'm not fixated and hyper aware and anxious about the validation that I'm receiving. I don't feel like I need to stick to one particular niche for the rest of my life. And the result of both the shift in attitude towards my physical body and my social media, the result is that I feel good doing it 
and it feels sustainable to my life and it doesn't feel exhausting to uphold my exercise routines and my social media posting schedules and I'm not being hard on myself when I miss a day or being hard on myself when I need to take periods of rest. And by going through this questioning process, peeling back the layers and dissecting my desires a little bit further, I can become a little bit more clear on the core values that lie underneath the desired reality that I have for myself. So like I said, I think core values are an excellent starting point because we can then build our desired reality around them and lay that healthy foundation for ourselves. There are a lot of ways you can get in touch with your core values through online resources, books, quizzes. I even have a series of questions about this in the first section of the manifestation quiz, so I'll leave that in the show notes. But a quick way to also hack this, I always start by thinking about my life in categories. This just works for the way that my brain operates. You don't have to do it, but this is how I do it, and this is how it's reflected in the design your character process as well and in that template. So think of a life category, whether it's career and finances, relationships, health, home, etc., and choose one to hone in on. A lot of the time in spirituality, you'll hear that it's bad to think about what you don't like. And again, maybe true for some people, but for me, the reality is that most of us, I would argue, most of the people that I know, are disproportionately focused on, and by the way, this includes myself, and hyper aware of what we don't like. So why not use that data to tell us what we do like? It's already there. We don't have to deny that we know what we don't like and bypass that we know what we don't like. But we can use that information to help us learn about what we do. Back in the day when I was really going through a tough time with my career sector of life, I was really miserable, anxious in my job. I wrote a list of all of the things that I didn't like about it. I asked myself, why didn't I like these things? And then I asked what that could tell me about my core values and what it is that I desire. So for example, I really didn't like my work schedule. I didn't like it because I didn't have any freedom over how I spent my time and ultimately didn't have the time to do the things that I loved, like being outside, going on hikes during the day, going swimming, going to the library, reading a book. So this to me points to the fact that I value freedom and even adventure and that I wanted to experience more of that in my life. You can go through this line of questioning thoroughly and then refine so you have a list of let's say three to five core values to start with. That's how I like to do it. So just to reiterate, hone in on a category of life. I always like to start with an area where I feel out of alignment and just for context, I have been focusing on my career and finances because I find that that's been the area of life that I have the most programming and the most things to unlearn. I've been focusing on that for about two years now. So I really haven't done a whole lot of work in other areas of my life outside of that, I would say. And So once you have this area of life, you've identified where you feel a little bit out of alignment and you feel stuck and you want to shift, you start to write a list of what you don't like about this part of your life, the things that are causing you tension and causing you to feel discontent and unhappy. And then you ask yourself, why don't you like those things and what that can tell you about what you do desire and what your core values are. By the way, 
it's my belief that these can always change. You don't have to hold yourself hostage to one point in time and what you desired at that point in time. So a lot of the times people ask, well, I thought my core value was this. Is it okay if I shifted into this? And the answer is the whole point is for you to design this reality. So if you feel called to focus a little bit more on a certain core value in your life and start to embody that, then I absolutely think that's what you should do. Then once you have this list of three to five core values, you can start to build your desired reality around them. In the design your character process, I always like to focus on building the character first. So considering the aspects within our control and what we call these in the design your character process is your characteristics. So how would the version of you living in alignment with this core value, think, speak, act, behave, relate to others. Another way to become more aware of what it is that you desire is to start to observe and pay attention to what you like in your life, what brings you pleasure. If you see something that you like, what do you like about it? If you see someone that you like, what do you like about them? And then what can that tell you about your own desires? And it's not necessarily about embodying the desire in the exact way that you've seen someone else embody it, but again, reflecting on what it is that you really desire and the core value that lies underneath whatever it is that you're observing. So as an example, I used to experience a lot of jealousy and resentment towards people that I saw who were successful in the social media space, who were living a life of adventure and travel and freedom and creating and creativity. And that helped me to get clear once I could come out of a space of resentment and jealousy to understand that actually freedom is important to me. The ability to creatively express myself is important to me. So what are the things that I can do now and what are the characteristics that I would like to embody to start to align to those core values? The last thing I'll say before closing out this episode is don't be afraid to start small. Often in manifestation, we're told to think huge and think bigger and ask for more. But what I find is that can feel so distant and far away that our energetic response may be to close ourselves off. The mind can be a very powerful tool, so we do want to get it on board by appealing to the rational, logical part of the mind that craves linearity and for things to follow a certain order. So don't deny yourself the need to appeal to logic, and this may become more flexible as you play around a bit, but I think initially when something feels too far out of reach, it feels too hard or like it's going to require too much energy to get from point A to point B. When the focus of the mind is to gather evidence that we are a failure and we can't have what we want, we may even unknowingly hold desires that we don't feel are reasonably attainable. So we use that as a way of reaffirming limiting beliefs about ourselves that we're a failure, that we'll never get what we want. So instead of opening the door up to our desired reality, we shut down and become closed off to it. So to get the mind on board, I think that identifying a version of the desired reality that feels attainable to us while still being expansive can really help us to keep that door open. So the key here is that it feels like a step, not a leap. So if 
a certain aspect of your desired reality feels like a leap and you feel like you're energetically shutting down to it and your mind is telling you all the reasons why it's not possible, how can you bring it down into a small step and then the next step and the next step will follow? It doesn't mean that your expansion will end there and just because you've brought something into a version that feels like more of a step that you won't still be able to get to that version that feels like a leap. It just means that again you're appealing to the rational part of your mind and getting your mind on board so it doesn't slam the door shut. Okay so that brings us to the end of the episode. I hope that you found this to be valuable lots of more exciting episodes to come. I'm really looking forward to sharing more on this whole topic. It feels like there's so much to dive into and so much to explore, so I'm really excited to be on that journey with you. So hopefully you found something useful in this episode and that you're able to get a clearer image of what it is that you desire. Like I said, I'll leave all of the resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes and Yeah, I hope that you enjoyed. I will see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.